0: Welcome back to the Relentless Minds Podcast. I am your host, Lori Jimenez. I created this platform with a sole mission, and that is to inspire people of all backgrounds to create the change they wish to see in their lives and in the world by sharing the examples of those who are. As a listener, you will hear the stories of ordinary men and women with extraordinary stories of overcoming adversities in order to experience the life they dream of. All of these individuals share a common interest, they desire a change for the better and they are in a relentless pursuit to create that for themselves. If you're looking for inspiration to overcome challenges in your own life to create a life that you desire to have, then you have come to the right place. You see, the truth is, people everywhere are fighting for what they believe in and together with relentless action and mental strength, I have no doubt that we can fulfill that dream.
1: Welcome back to the Relentless Minds podcast. Today I have with me Lenin Ravuvanchi. Lenin is the co-founder of PVCHR, also known as People's Vigilance Committee on Human Rights, which he founded with his wife, Shruti, in 1996. PVCHR is a community-based organization which focuses on breaking the feudal hierarchies of conservative slums and villages in India by building up local institutions and supporting them with a high profile and active human rights network. The ultimate mission is to provide basic rights for all and to eliminate situations that give rise to exploitation and marginalized groups. Lenin has focused most of his life on advocating for the basic rights of marginalized groups in India's society. Thank you so much, Lenin, for being here today. I truly appreciate you taking the time uh, to being here on this interview and sharing your knowledge and your work when it comes to advocating for the rights of marginalized communities in India. Thank you. Absolutely. So to start off, you've been doing advocacy through PBCHR for 23 years now. And um, I wanted actually to take us back. What was it that drew you initially to wanting to help the marginalized communities in your society? And why was this so important to you?
2: Actually, I learned from my childhood. The all problems in this part of the world, especially in India, links with the patriarchy and caste system. So there is no options to fight back against the caste and the patriarchy. And for that reason, it is important if you want to really create the vibrant, inclusive and plural democracy, you need to be give the rights and the uh, share and cares to the marginalized people and to empower them also, and especially to the women. Then I understand there is a biggest problem is the mind of hegemonic masculinity created by caste system and patriarchy. And for that reason, we need to be eliminate this hegemonic masculinity based on the caste system and patriarchy. Another incident happened in my life. I went to the medical, co- medical hospital and my boss told me he need 15% cut of corruption money. I told oh my God. One hand, if you are going to hospital, bosses need money from corruption. I decided to work on the disease of our community facing due to the caste system and patriarchy in this part of the world. And initially it is very tough uh, because um, um, Dalit people uh, did not trust on me due to this caste system. And also the upper caste people so much uh, attack on me. But slowly, slowly, when you started to work with clear understanding, open minds, no boxes in your uh, brain, in in your uh, thought process, then you are going to create a lot of things. And this thing, it is like for me, going from upper caste man to the human. So it is not, I'm only contributing to my society. Also, it is thanks to the Dalits and the women who liberated me to the human being. And the feeling of human being is entirely fantastic. It is not only the liberations of the lower caste people and the women, also the liberation of myself, which is very, very important also for the uh, mental health as well as the ritual health.
1: When you were talking about liberation of the upper castes, can you explain that? But what was it that you felt that you wanted to be freed from? Um, and so that also contributed to your passion in in changing the caste system?
2: When I was a child, I was born in the North Ghetto of my village. I found that we did not allow to go into the South Ghetto because South Ghetto is the Dalit people. Also, we are not allowed to interact with the women except our mothers and very small way to interact with our sisters and others. So it is not totally free society. It is very Mm. hierarchical, controlled society. I see and, uh, and also we are also have very crazy idea. Ralit people always obey our our orders and the women is our slaves. And in that way, my childhood friends become very violent. They created the conflict in, into two groups and these conflicts become a killing of each other. I lost all my childhood friends and everybody is uh, running away because they become a mafia some people are killed and some people become very big uh, money making this is the biggest problem of the childhood because you are thinking you are a top and you have the all privileges and you don't respect the dignity of labor you don't respect the human being you don't respect the dignity of animals you don't respect the dignity of anybody and that is the crazy idea and thanks to especially the interns who came from Europe especially also one and two from the US especially the girls and they talk with me and they, i told them i understand i am patriarchal please in all your talk uh, uh, please point out where is my patriarchy where is my sexism mm-hmm. and and they point out one, one uh, this point this point this point this point this point Ouch. and so, slowly i reform and just four days before six seven years seven years before i read the pedagogy of oppress of paulo freire and the paulo ferro described the exploiter community don't have the power to liberate themselves only the exploited community is going to liberate exploiter
1: community so lenin with that said i would like us to dive into what is the caste system for a lot of people that are listening to this episode that don't understand exactly the amount of discrimination the oppression the abuse that lower classes are experiencing in india and other neighboring countries as well that that do adopt this system so if you can give us an introduction to what the caste system is and how it negatively impacts the lower class
2: the caste system is a base on hierarchy just like a pyramid and in pyramid if you are going upper caste people on the top, Brahmins and the warrior caste people on the top. And the working all working class people who are real producers, who are real producers, they are the lower caste people. Mm-hmm. And all women, according to the rule of lord, rule of the caste system, Manusmriti is a book, which describes that all women of all caste belongs to the sudras, sudras means the lower caste people and sutras has no right of property. They they don't have the right of education. They don't have the right of knowledge. They they don't have the right of argument. They don't have the right of vote. They don't have the right of the protest. They are like slaves. So all women, upper caste women, lower caste women, once upon a time, they were slaves. And, uh, And they are real producers. 85% 85% people are face, facing the slavery of the caste system and 15% people are the privileged. Uh, if you look, the, India is facing highest rate of illiteracy, highest rate of uh, illiteracy among the women. We are facing the uh, killing of the women. We are facing a lot of discrimination in the health system. We are facing discrimination in education system. And mm-hmm. when this new constitution came and our founding father Mahatma Gandhi and Dr. Ambedkar come together and create this Indian constitution on the basis of universal values. And for that reason, the remnant of the upper caste people, they created a fascist um, mm-hmm. ideology uh, and they started to talk about our religion in the problem. What is our religion? real our hindu religion our sanatan religion is talking against the caste system mm. one sect very small sect of our feudal structure talk about the patriarchy talk about the caste system and that is against fit of indian constitution which is against mm. the universal values and and now what is happening this upper caste people uh, who did not liberate themselves they also create the politics of fascism in this country. But the real problem is that because the women are marching for their liberation, Dalit are marching for their liberation, and and this liberation means the enhancing and the establishment of the humanity. So this Sudras is also also unique because the Manusmati, which is the book of caste, which describes... All women of all castes belongs to the Sudra. Sudras has no rights on the education. And for that reason, where the fascism is so high, like Swarbeli in the Pakistan, what happened? When the Malala asked about the education, they want, wanted to suit her.
1: Yep, yep, that's absolutely right. And, you know, I did want to mention just so that um, the audience can be informed, but the um, discrimination that's being seen and the treatment that's being re- um, received by these lower classes. You know, you were mentioning about women, you know, not having any rights like these, uh, and then the lower class having uh, no really like no opportunities, like no opportunities to grow and see and, and their education. But also, you know, there's abuse, there's women abuse, there's, there's rape of them, there's a forced child labor, right? So there's the bonded laborers um, that are used to pay off debts. And Um, there's infant high infant and maternal mortality because you know linked to not really having health care right or medical resources and then there's the custodial torture so um, there are so many different dynamics Um, and also you know just to put in there as well the rights to land and resources which is also a sign of social class and how um, these lower classes they're not Given, given that privilege, they don't, they're not given any land, they, and which will expose them to then exploitation and abuse, right? And so if you wanna speak about these other um, treatments and discrimination that these lower class are, are experiencing, that is just complete violations of human yeah. rights.
2: All forced labor in India, 20 to 65 million. Uh, only from the lower caste community, not a single force labor from upper caste. Uh, 13% of the whole workforce of India, all child labor from the lower caste community. Every year, 70,000 people died in the custody, custodial violence and judicial violence. And 96% judicial deaths and custodial deaths belongs to pseudo caste and lower caste people. And also for the women, there is a dowry death, there is a dowry problem. They are killing to the women into the home. Domestic violence, uh, rape. They are using rape as a weapon to give the lessons to the lower caste people and the women. Um, They are using police to make them silence. Uh, Also, there's a lot of false implications. And when the women is talking so much, they have the witch hunting. So in this country, Europe faced 300 years ago, Still we have the witch hunting in our area. So cutting, giving the punishment, cut the tongues, collective rapes, naked the women. And that is happening,
1: so cruel, so inhuman. So Lenin, when it comes to the government, what have they done to try to attempt to to reform the current dynamics when it comes to discrimination against uh, the lower class? And how successful has that been?
2: Yeah, look. our uh, Indian constitution is very progressive and Indian constitution, article 14 abolished the untouchability, not the caste system but untouchability on the basis and discrimination on the basis of caste. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, our constitution gave the affirmative rights to the Dalits, Sudul caste and Sudul tribes. So, a lot of Sudul tribes and Sudul caste people are everywhere in the police, in the politics, in the government services and everywhere. Uh, but there is also a lot of discontent because uh, people thought they are snatching their privileges. And for that, also, there is a big conflict. One hand, the government is, there is legislation, but who is going to implement? <laughs> Actually, the implementer also based with the mind of caste and patriarchy. You look that many politician is talking so much fantastic speeches but they are not giving 33% reservations in the Mm. parliament, in the legislative assembly to the women, because they are afraid. Mm. Still only 14% women are in our parliament. And if you organize any protest, more than 70% protesters are women. So most important thing, you need the masses into the mobilizations to the women. But when we want to the decision maker and policy maker, You want to make a co status for the man. So 33% reservation still is not implemented. Also, government is not working very well from the childhood to give the idea of uh, against caste, uh, idea of justice, idea of liberty, idea of feminism, idea of paternity. Uh, And what happened in the society, we are learning very differently. Mm-hmm. And there are the many non-state actors who want to maintain hegemonic masculinity of caste and patriarchy. They started to work in this country from since 1925. They started to organize themselves very systematically and very differently in this country. Mm-hmm. And nowadays they, they want to capture the power. And they capture the power in our country, especially mm-hmm. the politics. And they become the policy And so now they are doing very differently. Mm-hmm. So it is very important. We need to start from ed- education. We mm-hmm. need to give the mindset at the uh, at the time of education. Also, we need to become a strict and to create a political will. Many things change. Twenty five years situation was very bad, but now the situation is so much changed. Like in my city, also women have become a leaders and women started to fight. Dalit become a leaders. They started to fight, they started to ask the questions, people like me and others. And uh, they are all to start to ascertain their democratic space. But every six person in the world is Indian. And for the better world, we need more speedy uh, reforms of the patriarchy and caste system in this country. Mm -hmm. And inside there is a big big culture against caste system. Inside there is a big culture against fascism and uh, patriarchy and um, but the global worlds need to support this process because world is so much globalized
1: so there's a lot of things i want to touch on um, i just want to recap that you were talking about early education and the importance of that right because for the next generations that are coming they need to adopt a better mindset than their parents and their grandparents when it comes to the caste system so that we can start to create more Equality right for women and for and uh, hopefully eventually abolish the caste system Um, And then I also wanted to talk about the um, just to recap when it comes to the um, The reform the legislation that has passed that India currently does have as As policies in place to fight discrimination, which is the independent India's constitution that was passed in 1950 There was the bonded labor system or Abolition Act in 1976, which abolishes all agreements and obligations arising out of the bonded labor system, which we know how that affects lower class individuals um, because they are they are exploited and they are abused when they are in these positions of bonded labor. And then the uh, Prevention of Atrocities Act, um, which was passed in 1989, which makes it illegal to parade people naked through the streets and force them to eat feces, take away their land, foul their water, crazy things that, you know, the lower class has to be protected by. Um, but these, you know, still, and I'm happy to hear that you were saying that there is improvement. So in the last 23 years that you've been working with PVCHR, you've been seeing improvement, especially where you are located. Um, but there are still a lot of communities that aren't experiencing that improvement, right? And so I know that you speak a lot about when it comes to the influence of political, economic, and social dynamics that play into why in some areas, you know, there are people that are still resistant. It's still not overly accepted that everybody should be treated equally. And so can we speak about that? I know you you've been talking, um, you know, I, I learned through my research with what you're doing that there's this culture of impunity, right? So that's one thing. And then um, also a market democracy and economic globalization. So what are these other dynamics that are just kind of like, you know, political, economic, and social influences that are affecting or, or counteracting this progression of equality for, for all?
2: We need to support the system, especially the survivor. And for that reason, we need to give the empathy and active listening to survivor. And second hand, we need to implement our the laws with more political will. And for that reason, I am looking actually the supports of the market, especially the support of the market to create the democracy. Because the Barbara always says very well, democracy prefers market, market doesn't prefers democracy. And there is no sustainable market without the vibrant democracy. So if for that reason we need to be create. Uh, international globalizations, economic globalizations need to be create human sensibility, and create a dynamics to the support the welfare structures, to support the policy reform, to support the finance on the educations for the affirmative action, also the changing the mindset in India. And in that regions, um, because that investment is going to uh, return back to the globe, because every six person is an Indian and India is one of the biggest, largest populations. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the democratic reforms uh, through the elimination of culture of silence and impunity is going to happen in this part of the world, which is also going to create the influence of their neighboring in Pakistan, Bangladesh, and also going to impact the China in the future. I'm always talking about the democratic capitalism, we need to establish the democratic capitalism, which is based on the rule of law, welfare structures, uh, and as well as the concept of justice. In that way, we need to eliminate this caste system and patriarchy through the nonviolence process.
1: And I think that, that brings us to the work that you're currently doing with PBCHR and the approaches that you have in order to try to establish uh, these basic rights through the advocacy that you do when it comes to your work and your wife's work through pvchr what is it that you're doing to try to break the system because um, you had mentioned before you know establishing institutions and so if you can just talk about your approach what have you seen that works
2: our most innovative ideas we choose many villages where feudal structure and caste system and patriarchy is very strong Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: we talk with the people collect their ideas and provide them um, uh, uh, psychosocial support if there is any viola- survivor of violence and the torture so through the testimonial therapy we provide psychosocial supports on the basis of empathy and the activism and we establish focus school we learn from the denmark created this focus school so everybody to speak out and also there is a diverse understanding and through the focus school and providing the testimonial therapy, psychological support through testimonial therapy, we intervened into the villages and we brought the cases to the uh, different institutions like National Human Rights Commission, in, in district administration, and also the national government and the state government. And a few times we also brought to the international community uh, because we are very systematic because it is, we need to be make the all system responsible. And it is a very easy idea because one urgent appeal we brought for the death of 13 people in one villages. And after the, our urgent appeal and the support from international community, they received uh, first time ration, food grain. And then what happened, they told, you are master, I told, I'm not master, I'm a, a watchdog. You are a master. Because, and then I gave the ideas how you are paying the taxes and everything they have the another issues and for this another issues after eight days a district magistrate called me from vizapur they organized a very big protest and this protest is not organized by pdchr this protest is organized by community and they went there and they asked um, their rights and slowly slowly within the years they become very trained because we also give the knowledge about the law, how to write, and everything. And in, in that way, they started slowly, slowly become leaders. So it is very inculcating process. Also, in the some villages, we choose uh, in the second phase to work for changing the knowledge, attitudes, and the practice for the maternal health, infant health, and the child health. Because the women is no issue, we, we found that. And especially the health of women are no issue. And I'm very surprised where my, especially my life partner, Shruti, worked there. And the girls talk about sanitary pad. To so talk about sanitary pad also, because I'm still, I have some remnant in my mind. is very deep uh, from my childhood. But I'm very happy. Uh, Dalit girls and in front of the boys and the men, they are talking about, Uh, rights of sanitary pad, they need to use sanitary pad, why it is important, I am so happy. Then there is a lot of ripple effects. Why this is the ripple effects? Because when they have the knowledge, inculcating knowledge, attitudes and the practice, they told we are not slaves, they started to fight. And for that reason, institution is changing. Just like our chief minister, Mm. uh, politically, I don't like him. Uh, but, he declared one of the best primary health center in our area where we work. Why this primary health center become the best? Because Dalit people mobilize themselves, we mobilize themselves, their knowledge, attitudes and practice and they mobilized the institution and then start, government started to invest on that and then primary health center become the, one of the best health center of the UP. Uh, we are working for the violence against women. And uh, also we are working for the children for the education and we have the human right educations in these schools. We are also working in 20 madarsas, Muslim schools for the maths, science, ethics, human rights into the Muslim madarsas. So giving the knowledge of diversity and pluralism to them. Mm -hmm. Also the PDCHR had the movements for neo dalit movements. And also, we are talking about the inside Islam, the Medina Constitution of the uh, diversity and pluralism, and also inside Hindu religion, the concept of diversity and pluralism in our city. And we also release bonded labor, child labor. But after the releasing, we work in this village for ten years, five years, six years, always going talking with them, working with them. So now the 200 villages were liberated wow. from the feudal structure and wow, 200 villages. And what happened, uh, many many Dalits become the village heads, many Dalit women become like a leaders in the political parties. They went to the intermediate and the post graduations like Bhagwanala. Allah. They completed their post-graduation and also another organization. They went for the other fellowship. And one and two people who work with us, they become the minister in the, in the government. So in the 25 years, charismatic change. If you are walking slowly, slowly, and, and you believe what the Jesus described, life before death, I will tell you, many positive things are going to happen here for this world. Most important thing, you need to be courage, you need to be patience, you need to be non and you need to be your commitment and convictions on the universal values.
1: I admire that your approach focused so greatly on these oppressed communities. And to go in there and to help them increase their self-esteem, help them to process and to heal from their psychological trauma in order for them to then to start finding their place in society and starting to develop that courage to speak up and then backed with the knowledge that they do have rights. And I think that's incredible because after so many years, now you're starting to see the reward for your hard work. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I just want to say as a person, thank you for that work. Thank you for for the sacrifice because I'm sure there was a lot of self-sacrifice. And you were mentioning, you know, what's necessary is the courage, is the patience, having those values. And I wanted to ask you about your own values, your own principles that you've established for yourself that help you along this journey. So what is it that keeps you going? What are these principles that you're just, that are uncompromising?
2: Yeah, within yourself, non-compromising, the first thing is the non-violence. So, non-violence is very important because I need to be discuss every issue very critically, very openly. And third important is the human dignity and the hope and the honors to the people. And we need the peace, but not without justice. So, mm. we need peace with the justice. We have the values to the diversity and pluralism because we need to uh, honor to to be different it is not maybe within the organizations we have many different ideas and most important thing uh, most important values share and care because if you create something bigger especially corporates business anything you need to be share and care and through the participation of the people to increase yourself, so that is the uh, that is the most important values for our life, mm-hmm. and also myself, I am very much convinced through my grandmother one values because she always pray a mother power, and if you look the mother Kali is especially uh, Lord Shiva on his her feet means if the man is not going to remove his egos. War is not going to finish. So, most important things to trust on the women power and the uh, women wisdom. Without the involving of the women wisdom, it is impossible to achieve the sustainable peace and the liberal democracy and the inclusive justice in in this world. So, and that is that is that is non negotiable.
1: Absolutely, and I think that. Um, that's a very powerful statement because you have always adopted this nonviolent approach and and the results are still very visible. The impact that you've made, the change that you've been able to make through nonviolence, you know, and that's very important to see because it shows that it is possible. And um, with so much reform that's already been taking place over the last um 20 plus years that you've seen where will your focus be on now but moving forward you've been seeing the changes take place there's still a lot of work to do what, what's your next step Where's the focus going to be on now
2: next step uh, to replicating our work mm-hmm. and, and also to creating a platform for neo-dalit movements because why i'm feeling neo-dalits dalit means um, a political thought process Against the exploitation, against the injustice. Mm-hmm. Why I'm telling the Neo Dalits? Because Neo Dalit is a little different from Dalit movements. Mm-hmm. Dalit movements only claim, but the Neo Dalit movements creating the platform for reconciliations with the women, reconciliations with the upper caste man, uh, and creating a broader unity to fight back the caste system, patriarchy and the fascism in this part of the world, mm. as well as the other sectarian ideas and fighting back the neoliberal understanding of economic policy means so much gap between have and have nots, but not opposing democratic capitalism. So that is the most important things because we want to create a businesses um, with the share and care, with the welfare structures to promoting the democracy. So mm-hmm. in that way, Now, I am organizing this neo-Dalit movement, and also inside country, I am talking about the Shraman culture. Shraman culture means the culture of inclusiveness, which is uh, from the Vedas. We have the caste system, also we have the fight against caste system and the patriarchy, and and it is a local thinking. And the same type of local thinking on the base of universal values like a Shraman culture, I mean the culture of inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, why I am promoting because, um, we, uh, I, uh, because there's a mass base. So it is very important to bring um, the philosophy of Gandhi, Buddha, Ambedkar uh, to promote their Kabir and Raidas as well as because they are thinking on the universal values as well as the, this new Dalit process. And third things to replicate near about 100 more activists, mm-hmm. finance them, nurture them mentor them, so they will create a lot of dynamics in the future.
1: I'm so happy that you're doing this work and that it's causing such a ripple effect. And Lennon, to wrap up our interview, what would be the final message that you would like our listeners to stay with and that you would like to tell the global community um, after this whole conversation today? Two final messages.
2: There is no space for the violence. We need to be inclusive for the all marginalized people. Um, We need to be inclusive for the women um, to bring them also in the decision-making process and also into the implementations. And especially also um, appeal to the globe as the South Asian because in the South Asia, fascism and terrorism is the big problem. And for that reason, we are going to tell we are fighting here, because I born, my grandmother told that in the Sanatan religion, in the Hindu religion, uh, <clears throat> there is whole world is our family. So we are not going to accept the ideas of Hitler and Mussolini in this part of the world, and we are going to eliminate these ideas of the Hitler and Mussolini, their Superman theory, also the Superman theory of the caste system and patriarchy, and we are going to create this part of the world a more diverse, more plural. on on the same philosophy of universal values and the local thinking of the diversity and pluralism.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much for that, Lennon. And I would like to give everybody the information for your website. If anybody wanted to learn more about what you do and the impact that you're making, um, they can visit your website at www.pvchr.asia. And also um, there's an opportunity to donate as well Um, so that you can continue to fight uh, caste discrimination and win equal rights for those marginalized communities. And so I'll make sure to leave this information in the show notes, in case anybody wanted to check out your website and donate. And Lennon, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing so much powerful and important information with us. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and feel inspired and would like to be a part of the Relentless Minds community, you can join the movement for change on Instagram and Twitter. We would also love to know how your experience has been as a listener. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another powerful story. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.